Thank you all for tuning in to the Your Edge podcast. I'm Therese Van Ryn, Senior Director of External Communications at Zebra Technologies, and I thought we could end the year by hearing from a two-time Ironman world champion who has used the painstakingly difficult triathlon competition as a way to heal her body and spirit after a series of losses. Lorna Hopkin, a longtime marketer here at Zebra, always seems so joyful when you speak with her, but it's no secret she has struggled to reconcile the loss of her baby boy and more recently the loss of her father. In fact, she has been very forthcoming about the emotional and physical toll these passings have had on her. But instead of letting go of herself and getting swallowed up by the sadness, she decided to feel the pain fully, and I mean quite literally. In 2015, shortly after baby Leo passed away from SIDS at five weeks old, she decided to start training for marathons and triathlons and eventually multiple Ironman competitions. What most people would describe as grueling, she embraced as restorative. So Lorna, I must know, how have you managed to rewire your brain to push through such tremendous emotional and physical pain time after time these last seven years? Hi, Therese. Um, first of all, I'd like to thank you for having me and giving me a chance to talk about Ironman and the experiences I, I feel so very lucky to have been able to participate in. It's been absolutely phenomenal to have taken my passion all over the world and been able to meet some of the most inspirational people with some incredible backstories. And I've really been able to meet my tribe by the experiences that I've done. So I guess it was grief that triggered my journey. And whilst I definitely never sat down and thought I'm going to use Iron Man to fix me, um, I think that un- that underlying feeling of not being 100% content is probably what kept me going when mm-hmm. perhaps a more settled person would be tucked up in bed or eating some chocolate watching Netflix. Um, <laughs> but when we lost Leo at the time, I was completely full of anxious energy and I found it weird that you can sit physically motionless when you're suffering major grief but your body is working in an absolute full capacity Um, and it was the adrenaline I was feeling all the time that meant I couldn't really eat properly or sleep so I started channeling it into training as the training kind of made me feel calm and let me process my thoughts without them hurting quite so much and it also gave me time alone to cry which is something I found particularly hard especially in front of people um and I guess as well it also burned up time um and early on every day was like a challenge just to get through so I mean I felt like a massive ship had sunk and I just needed to swim away from it as fast as I could um, Mm -hmm. to avoid being like pulled down to the bottom of the kind of sea for me um Mm -hmm. I found that time did slowly heal me and eventually I didn't feel so bad all the time um I went on to have baby Joel and that helped me a lot but then divorce took me right back to the beginning and it took a while to claw my way back to being happy again um I think even today seven years on I do get bad patches you know Christmas is always tough birthdays I get triggers and I find that training helps me to ward off any sad feelings um, I feel that as a society, we've kind of rewired ourselves to not show emotion. And for me, training is a way to help me get my feelings out. Um, when I feel really sad, I like to convert the emotional pain that I feel to a physical pain. And I can do that by 
chasing bikers that are faster than me or pushing myself as hard as I can running or swimming in icy cold open water um it just makes me sort of feel in control of my pain mm-hmm. and I think I've found life's always going to bring highs and lows and the coping mechanisms that I've learned have really helped me with all types of things from losing my dad to breakups to just everyday stress during competitions it's kind of like I go through the whole spectrum of human emotions um like at the start of an Ironman race it's so exciting it's unbelievable it's terrifying the music makes me cry at points during the race I've completely messed up all my body chemistry and spent long periods just panicking thinking I'm going to die and sort of oddly embracing it as well but there's a lot of time when it's just me and my thoughts and I've used that time to reconnect with those that I've lost which I find incredibly healing I've also felt absolute elation by things like swimming in the sea in Hawaii racing down the mountains of Utah and always that incredible feeling of running down the red carpet of the Ironman finish line and I think it's that kind of cocktail of everything that just keeps me going on and entering more. Yes I would imagine that all sounds incredible the experience you've had. You once admitted that you're not the best athlete and that you prepare dreadfully. You also drink wine, enjoy the odd party, have three kids, cram in a high-powered job, and eat a lot of microwave meals, to quote one of your recent blog posts. (laughs) So what do you credit with your years of perseverance? I mean, we're not just talking about one race completed. We're talking about dozens of competitions typically reserved for top athletes and plenty of times during each race when you've said your body just wanted to quit. Well, I think I wrote that when I first put my blog site together pre-COVID. So um, the parties have somewhat dried up and the wine's pretty rare nowadays. Um, Plus, I have completely quit microwave mills. (laughs) Um, But I guess what keeps me going? um, First, it was grief and finding a way to cope with the storm that was just all around me. But then I fell in love with it. Um, For me, an hour's workout is like having the first coffee of the day and it gets my brain recharged and makes me feel full of energy in fact if I go a day without training I just feel really lethargic like my sparks dampened so I guess I do it to feel good I also love riding out with my friends and just chatting and discharging anything that's going on in my world it's it's like free therapy um Mm. my absolute perfect day is a hundred mile bike ride with my friends two cafe stops and then maybe having a beer at the end and then I've got the competitions as well and each one of those is like a mini adventure just getting there sometimes traveling more than a day solo with just my bike checking in trying to navigate without a car meeting new people I've hung out with all the professionals I've met people with incredible backstories one guy that I spoke to was recovered from a six-month stint in hospital after a near-death crash to race in Hawaii. Another guy that I met had got crippling arthritis and he had won his age group in Texas. And then it's the racing and the recovering. And for me, the whole thing is just exciting, unpredictable, and I just find it amazing. Mm-hmm. You must meet a lot of interesting people. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You've clearly done some extraordinary things, completing not one, but two Ironman World Championships in the past year, with one being right after your father's passing. So why do you call yourself the ordinary Ironman? Well, I think I am 
just an ordinary everyday person that has somehow managed to achieve some quite extraordinary things. And and that's kind of what I want to pass on as my legacy, that anyone can achieve massive things if they put their minds to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I'm the best athlete. I think this is why my story in it is in its own way inspirational. Within my circles, there are faster runners, there's faster bikers, there's faster swimmers. But I set myself a goal to get to the Ironman World Championship. To get there, I had to win my age category at a race or get a roll down. And I never, ever expected to be good enough to get there. But but I dreamed it. And I imagined running down a road in Hawaii under the palm trees years and years before it happened. I trained five or more days a week for five years. I entered competitions and I gave myself a chance to achieve my dream I I did need a little bit of magic too but by what I did I reduced the odds and one day everything fell into place and I did it and not just once but twice (laughs) (laughs) many people might hear your story and say I can't even walk up a flight of stairs there's no way I could do what Lorna has done no matter how much anger frustration or sadness I needed to release what would your response to that be well, racing the Ironman World Championships is a pretty insane dream, but there are people listening to this that have got the capability to do it. And some of them won't even train, let alone enter a competition. So you've kind of already beaten them if you have a go. Um, I think if you've got a dream, no matter what it is, my advice is to just try to achieve it. And if you try as hard as you can for a long period of time, there's, then there's a chance you might just make it. And infinitely more chances than if you don't try at all and I think that even if you don't actually hit that goal you'll still have come miles in the process and you'll have the best ever time on a journey I mean prior to doing the champs I'd win an age group in duathlon then I won a duathlon outright I tackled incredibly stormy seas in Barcelona in the swim there and I just kept creeping on up the age group ranks in half Ironman then I got to the top 10 in full Ironman and Each and every event for me was its own mini adventure. So my advice to you is pick a crazy adventurous goal and just go for it. So you've got a phenomenal story to tell. Mm, Absolutely. Lorna, you recently said that you've competed in your last Ironman. Does that mean that you fully processed your grief and feel as though you've healed enough to be able to start a new chapter in your life? Hmm. Uh, well, there's two questions in here. I think I've come on a massive healing journey since losing Leo. I mean, the emotions still there under the surface. And I, I find it that I kind of magnate to people that have suffered tragedy a little. Um, mm-hmm. a, a military friend once said to me that deep grief, it's kind of like walking down a road with a massive hole in it. Um, at the beginning, you're like stuck in the hole and you've got no choice. You're just stuck in there. But as time passes, you can get out and you start walking down that road and you can choose whether or not you want to go down that hole or whether you want to walk around it. So for me nowadays, seven years on, I choose to walk around the hole most of the time, but it's it's always going to still be there. On occasional days, it's that big that I will fall into it. But sometimes I choose to go down down it just to check how I feel and whatever the route, the feelings are as intense as ever. But I think that's a good thing. And, and I kind of owe that to Leo. But mm-hmm. I know if I feel too bad or sad, then I can get my trainers on and get out and run or bike or swim. Then I'll feel 100 times better. So as my Ironman, well, let's see. Doing three and a half Ironman in six months with two in different continents comes at quite a cost, both physically and financially. Um, (laughs) I've 
got London Marathon booked in for April and marathons after 112 mile bike rides and 2.4 mile swims are my weakness. So that's a chance to work on the marathon bit without the other distractions. Um, Kona and Utah break me because of the heat. So I think I have more to give. And I know there's extra spaces for Kona slots at this year's Ironman UK. So I guess what I'm saying is never say never. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. That's great. Although individuals must heal from trauma in their own ways, is there an underlying principle or best practice you could think could benefit everyone? Well, I may not be a good ambassador for grief. Um, Fundamentally, I don't like feeling sad. And I think this is what supercharges me. Um, When Leo passed, from the outside looking in, we as a family had the best summer ever, theme parks, holidays, walks, long bike rides. And my friends could see I was a shell of a person, but I just kept on going. And they knew that I wasn't eating or sleeping properly. Um, But, you know, it was just the adrenaline that charged me through. When mm-hmm. I got my second whammy of grief, so that came during my divorce, and then I kind of was the same then, and I just started training for Ironman. I started interviewing for bigger, better jobs. I climbed up the career ladder, um, and then when I lost my dad this year, I went on and did Ironman Bolton, and then the, the Hawaii Ironman. Um, so I guess for me, if I feel bad, I find I try to kind of do my way out of it, and that's with Ironman training, projects, to-do lists, and for me, sadness kind of in an odd way makes me achieve a lot more. A friend that I bike with who happens to be a psychiatrist, he says there's two kind of responses to grief. One's to stay still or the other's to move forward. And, you know, as as a kind of a doctor, he never sees the move forward types um, as they're off kind of trying to get out there and fix them, themselves. And he sure. says that, I'm a kind of a very extreme example of this. So outside of action, the one thing that I do feel has really helped me to heal is writing. I find writing my blogs is therapeutic. They help to discharge feelings without the need for me to go out and train for two hours. I've got my TheOrdinaryIronMan.com blog, but I've also got articles that I wrote for me that I don't publish, particularly from the early days. One day, you never know, I might share them if I ever decide to publish a book. But sure. my <laughs> my motives for achievements so much have been mainly to make myself feel better. And by the achievements and the time taken to get there, you can see that that's been a huge driver for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sounds very therapeutic as well, the writing component of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thinking about your journey these past seven years, is there anything you would do differently if you could do it all again? Well, I guess I I don't think you should live a life with regrets. If you told me what was coming before Leo, I would have ran away as far and as fast as I could. But the lows, as painful, painful as they've been, have made me fully appreciate all of the highs. If none of the tragedies had happened, then maybe none of the adventures and the highs would have happened. My life's been a crazy roller coaster and I've loved it. I've been terrified of it. I've been broken by it. I've been restored. I don't want to do it again, but I don't want to get off either. I think right now I'm happy. I'm healthy. I've got a great job. I've got great friends. I love my family. I've been on the most amazing adventures and I've achieved my wildest of dreams. So I'm everything that I could have wished to be. Mm-hmm. Lorna, what advice would you give to those who feel like they can't carry on with life after a loss? What are some of the simplest things they could do to keep moving forward while honoring the past? 
train as this is nature's natural antidepressant. Get rid of alcohol. Make sure you see your friends, eat and sleep well. Plus, if you want to be like me, plan your way to happiness. I think when I divorced, I wrote a list of 10 things I could do to make myself feel better. Amongst those, I learned to ski. I went to Ibiza and I entered an Ironman. I'd I'd also find if I'm feeling down, I'll plan out my next eight weekends or something so that I've got things to look forward to. I'd project manage decorating a house or put a training schedule together. And then once the plans are out, then I implement them. And even if I don't feel better afterwards, the process of doing something means I'll have achieved something. And that in itself for me is a building block to happiness. Plus, if you're stuck in a massive then seek help because you're not the only one and everyone needs a helping hand sometimes. Absolutely. Before I let you go, Lorna, can we talk about balance and self-care for a few minutes? I'm curious, how did you find time to train and compete while working full-time, raising a family and managing your own needs? <laughs> Sounds a lot when you say it like that. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think this is linked to my super drive. I've both needed and wanted to train I've been up at four o'clock in the morning to train before work I've been out biking for seven hours on Saturdays in the freezing cold or at the crack of dawn and then I've managed to take the kids out for a full day doing theme parks or something I've trained for swimming in freezing cold horrible brown reservoirs or I've trained in my parents boiling hot seven and a half meter pool Uh, with kids dive bombing me like doing 600 lengths of that so I just do whatever I can I try and do an hour at lunch as it ticks off a session and also it rejuvenates me for afternoon working I fell out with people over this I fell out with my mum I've broken up relationships over training but I've got it done and it's got me to where I wanted to be so I get I yeah somehow I managed to do it (laughs) (laughs) well I have been moved by you since the first time I heard your story and I'm so grateful you've been so transparent about what you've been experiencing you are proof Lorna that vulnerability is strength and that we should never underestimate our capabilities so thank you for opening up about your life what it's really like for even the seemingly happiest people on earth And I'm sure that everyone listening has experienced grief in some way, shape or form as it's just part of life. And when it hits, we have to find ways to muddle through. Iron Man's helped me get through mine, but also given me incredible adventures that I'm truly blessed to have experienced. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you again, Lorna, for sharing that information and for being with us today. Such an inspiring story. If those of you listening are interested in reading about Lorna's journey of healing in greater detail, visit the Your Edge blog to check out her diary entries from each race. I'm Therese Van Ryn, signing off until next time.